Hi, it's Mina Kimes, host of the ESPN Daily Podcast. Wake up to the best story you'll hear all day. 20 minutes a day, five days a week, where you get an inside look at the most interesting stories at ESPN, as told by the top reporters and insiders on the planet. The breaking news of Sports Center with a deep dive storytelling of 30 for 30. Today's episode is one I thought you'd especially like. Please listen and subscribe to ESPN Daily wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Thornton just, oh, he just clips him right, right in the mouth. There you go. We'll get to go spend a little time with the dentist tomorrow. Perfect. Just what he wants to do. It might just be the toughest job in sports. A job filled with blood and gore. It requires split-second thinking and years of intense preparation. Brace yourself. Today, we explore the secret life of dentists in the National Hockey League. You guys know the drill. I'm Mina Kimes. It's Thursday, November 7th, and this is ESPN Daily, sponsored by Dell Small Business. Dave. Yes. Incredible investigative journalism here. This is really your Mueller report. Wow. That's where we're starting? That is where we're starting. (laughs) Dave Fleming is a senior writer for ESPN. Can you walk me through how a hockey player loses a tooth on the ice? It's actually a really good question because it speaks to kind of what I love about hockey and what I think doesn't translate on television especially is the speed and the violence and the the moving parts in hockey. There's nothing to compare to it in sports. You've got all these guys moving at 20 miles an hour, wearing razor blades on their feet with sticks flailing everywhere, boards coming up fast. And this this piece of vulcanized rubber flying around. The most common thing is just a fluke. The puck goes off a stanchion or, or a pass goes off somebody's foot. It is weird how the it's like these things are almost like drawn to these poor guys' teeth. Dupuy around that net. Hustles for the puck, can't get it, Kunis will. Left side to Orpik, a slapper. Oh, that hit a Crosby in the face. That puck took off and caught Crosby in the face and lifted him right off his skates. And down he went. How many players in the NHL would you say have not had a tooth knocked out? My guess is going to be 10% or less. I think the guys on the teams who haven't had any dental trauma, are they, they're the exceptions and in fact, I think they actually get picked on um, because they're not, quote unquote, official. Right. Um, and guys do sort of they don't celebrate it, but it's like when that first tooth gets knocked out, it's like, OK, I'm I'm officially a hockey player now. It's this rite of passage has been cleared. A moment of tooth. <laughs> JT Brown having trouble getting it out of the zone. Bergeron Pasternak gets one right across the mug and that might need a little bit of repair. The idea of like teeth and hockey and sort of that toothless grin of the guy holding up the Stanley Cup is, for people who love hockey, it's iconic. There's so much damage to teeth. Who fixes all those teeth? So does every team have a dentist? Every team has a dentist and they're usually at every home game. And they, most of them carry with them this, like a little, like classic sort of like old time doctor bag that's full of all <laughs> these 
medieval tools and and must be giant needles and um they are ready at a moment's notice they're usually somewhere where they can quickly get to uh you know down the tunnel and into the locker room gil rivera the guy who is the tampa bay's dentist you know i i never thought of it this way but he was like you know if you're a dentist and you're into this kind of stuff and you want to you want to use all of your skills. He's like, this is the greatest gig in the world because it's, it is like <laughs> traumatic and injuries that you would never see. He's like, I see like, you know, 15 times a season. How do guys like Gil Rivera even learn how to do this? He, you know, he, I think he, when he, when he realized he was getting this gig, he went and got like every single book and manual he could on traumatic oral surgeries and, and, and injuries and studied up. And then he realized after the first sort of puck or stick to the mouth that he was like, I got to wing it. They don't teach this in, in dental school. One of the things that the, all the dentists do is they take molds of these guys' teeth at the beginning of every season so that when they do in, inevitably get knocked out or destroyed, they have an original copy that they can rebuild the teeth from. So every NHL dentist in his office has the molds of every player on the team. Yes, and we were in the room in Tampa where Gil keeps his teeth. And I, I got to tell you, it was a little, it felt a little bit like a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> it's like these disgusting, and I don't know why they use the plaster of Paris is, is like green, like light green. It's super creepy. Pajot's going in for the shot and the eventual goal, and Subban's stick rides up Pajot's, and in the celebration, they all stop as they look for his tooth. They're not actually the ones collecting the teeth from the ice, are they? Sometimes they are, because they, if they're popped out the right way and they're sort of preserved, you can put them back in. Chris Tierney checking his mouth, seeing if all the teeth are there. At least once a season, a, a tooth will get knocked out and it will land on the ice and someone will skate over in their disgusting hockey glove and pick up the tooth and <laughs> deliver it to the bench so that it can then be delivered oh. to the dentist. Now, if you know anything about hockey, the last thing you would ever want to touch a tooth would be a hockey glove. They smell like the inside of an old shoe that was housing a dead fish. If my tooth ever got knocked out and my buddy picked it up with his hockey glove, I'd be like, yeah, you know what? I'm good. I, you just keep that tooth. <laughs> keep the tooth. When we come back, why working with hockey players is a point of pride for Dennis. What are some of the uh, more gruesome injuries you heard about? Craig McDonald was a, a, a winger for the Lightning, and he stepped in front of a, a, a shot in the defensive zone, and literally the puck went all the way into his mouth. Fires, and it's blocked, and it hit the Lightning player. It's Craig McDonald. And just, I mean, it's like a cartoon. It just cleared out nine teeth. So they cleaned him up and they sent him home, but he couldn't get to the dentist's office until the next morning. And the way he describes just every sort of like every breath 
you know, sent that sort of uh, direct nerve electricity through his entire body. And he got to Gil's office the next morning and and Gil was like, it was like he still has like post-traumatic stress disorder from just <laughs> the, describing what the guy's mouth looked like when he opened it up. When he was talking, he put his like four fingers like a walrus in front of his mouth. He's like, that's what the roots look like hanging down from inside this guy's mouth. Tell me about what happened to Tampa Bay Lightning defenseman Braden Coburn when he was playing for Team Canada. He is in a rink at the World Championship in, I think it was Belarus. And a guy from Team Italy takes like a baseball swing at a puck that's flying through the air, misses the puck, and the follow-through hits him right in the in the mouth. Basically, I mean, takes out an entire row of teeth. I think the way he described it, I love that. He was like, the teeth fell out like piano keys. They were like, oh, you're going to see the best dentist in Belarus. And they take him into a thing that he described as like a cinder block room closet. And, you know, they put him in the chair and nobody speaks English. For three hours, it is like something straight out of like a horror movie as they're working on his teeth and working on his teeth. And he's like almost passing out from the pain and from the anxiety of like, I don't have no idea what they're doing right now. They may be pulling all my teeth. He's in a full on panic and he's in extreme pain. And the woman stands up and goes, okay, finish. Come back after dinner, get your teeth. And he's like, well, that can't be right. He's like, that, this kind of stuff takes like weeks to do. She's like, it'll be ready after supper. <laughs> so I come back, they fit it. It's a perfect fit. Oh my God. It, and and that, you know, that was four or five years ago now. He still wears the, those teeth. And he was like, it was the, it was the greatest example of sort of emergency dentistry he's ever seen. It's been a tough series, boy, I'll tell you. A lot of teeth lost. Dentists are making good money in this one. First it was- so is being a hockey dentist a full-time, on-staff paid job? No, most of them don't get paid. Some get an honorarium, a small honorarium, but they get two tickets to every home game, and they get the association with a hockey team. So is there a marketing benefit of being able to say, hey, I work on the worst teeth in the world. I can handle your cavity. It's like, yeah, I just fixed a guy's teeth whose the puck went all the way into his mouth. I think I can handle your root canal, sir. And the glory belongs to the city of St. Louis. The Blues are 2019 Stanley Cup champions. How many dentists get rings? And why don't they get plaques? (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I think every team that wins a Stanley Cup gives their dentist a ring. And I think that is a really good indication of how important they are and how much the players and the team actually appreciate what they do. Dave, thanks for the interview. It was very incisive. No sweat. I'll be back in a moment with one more story. That was a story you needed to know. Now here's one I want you to know. Tonight, 
The 4 and 4 Oakland Raiders are playing the Chargers at home. And as I was doing some research ahead of the game, I started thinking about a piece I was assigned to write back in 2016. At the time, Derek Carr was in his third season, and after a bunch of dramatic comebacks, the young quarterback was gaining buzz as an MVP candidate. So I flew to Oakland on a few days' notice, and I met him in a hotel lobby in the suburbs during his bye week, and we talked for about 30 minutes, mostly about how good the Raiders' offensive line was. The next few years were not kind to Derek Carr. After he endured a few horrific injuries, his play declined, and the team around him imploded. The Raiders traded away Khalil Mack and became the laughingstock of the NFL, and the narrative around Carr completely shifted, to the point where people were speculating about whether he might be cut or traded. Now here's what's interesting. In 2016, when I wrote that story, Derek Carr had a passer rating of 96.7 and was completing just under 64% of his passes on 7.5 adjusted yards per attempt. So far this year, he has been significantly better in every single one of those categories. Just like a few years ago, some of that can be charted to the very good play of the Raiders' offensive line, which now ranks fourth in our metric for pass blocking. But the offensive line is also benefiting from how quickly Carr is getting the ball out and how well he's played under pressure. And when he does throw deep, by the way, he's been very successful. Now, I don't think he's an MVP candidate now, just like I didn't really think he should have been back then. But the fact that he's gotten so little buzz for how good he's been this year got me thinking about how much quarterback evaluation is shaped by perception and timing. Derek Carr is no longer the wide-eyed, inexplicably long-lashed ingenue that he was a few years ago. But now, perhaps even more than then, he's playing like a real star. I'm Mina Kimes, and this has been ESPN Daily. I'll talk to you tomorrow.